Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Hope for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now, you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Running a Lean Business, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as the podcast posted on many of your favorite uh, locations, including iHeartRadio and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Debbie McCormick is a LinkedIn marketing expert and an award-winning speaker. Her best-selling book, The LinkedIn Manual for Rookies, is the resource she wishes had been available when she was learning LinkedIn. Her fully optimized profiles and LinkedIn pages she and her team write attract the people with whom you want to do business, tell your story, and help you become a known expert in your field. Debbie has spoken and trained on all aspects of using LinkedIn to businesses, including NASDAQ, Children's Hospital of Orange County, High End Orange County Realtors, the Harvard Club of Boston, Evolution Business Seminars, Carrie Murphy's Inspired Living Program, and Lincoln Motor Company. When she's not showcasing her clients, she's actively involved in both local and national politics, devours mystery thriller books, and takes every opportunity to hang with her excellent son, Sean, who lives in Santa Monica. So, Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Candy. <laughs> Thank you. And that excellent son, Sean, always makes me smile. I, I, I can't help it. <laughs> we love our children, don't we? We like to talk about them. And now I have grandbabies, too, so I love to share about them, too. So, but oh, yeah, lucky. learn a little bit of personal information, too, right? Sure. So that's going to actually lead me a little bit more into my first question, which is obviously I just read your bio, but I'm sure there's more information about yourself that you can share and kind of letting us know how you even got into your profession. Sure. Um, 
I got into LinkedIn because I, I became a trainer because I didn't understand LinkedIn. <laughs> so the way that it went was I left nine, the world of nine to five in order to hang out my shingle as a professional writer. And I was thinking to myself as I sailed out the door for the last time, how hard can, uh, you know, having your own business be? <laughs> well, didn't I find out pretty quick? And I, um, what I wanted to do as a writer was become a uh, political writer. I wanted to write issue papers for candidates that I believed in. And I got a, I got that job right off the bat. I got mm-hmm. um, a position as a staff writer on a U.S. congressional campaign. And I loved it. <laughs> but um, long story short, uh, my candidate lost the election and I was not ready. And I, I just took in every writing job that I could mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't love it. I didn't love what I was doing. My attitude went down. My bank account followed it. And, uh, you know, my confidence was about the size of my uh, biggest toenail. Mm. So I started, I actually started sending out resumes for nine to five jobs because I thought I, I can't make it as a professional writer. And I, I was devastated. I was devastated. And a friend of mine said, well, then get on LinkedIn because that's where all the employers and job seekers are. And that's where they network and find out about each other. Well, I, I realized that my little naked LinkedIn profile had been sitting there all by itself for four years and hadn't garnered any attention. So it was probably written wrong. Mm. And I started researching because I had time to do that, unfortunately. And, um, I started researching what it was that LinkedIn was supposed to do for its members. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing that research, I was also going to networking meetings and I started becoming known as the lady who knew about LinkedIn. And I started Mm -hmm. getting asked questions because other people were confused about how to do it too. Mm -hmm. And a little bell went off behind me. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a cow, but, um, it was a bell of some kind went off behind me and I went, I went, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do because I love to teach. And um, so I just, I just pivoted my business to uh, writing profiles for people and teaching and training about LinkedIn. And um, now I am the happiest camper I know. I just love what I do. Nice. So the first question then is, you know, what is it about LinkedIn that you think is really important for listeners to know? Okay. LinkedIn only has five kinds of people on it. So you don't have to wade through chili recipes or the neighbors, you know, newborn kittens, nothing against Facebook, honest, Mm -hmm. honestly. But if you want business, this is where business is done. The only five people on LinkedIn are employers and job seekers, um, service providers or product providers, and people who are looking to solve a problem by getting services and products, and then joint venture seekers who want Mm -hmm. to join their business with other businesses and see if they can enhance both businesses. That's the only kind of folks on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you you don't have to... You don't have to go any further than that. 
um, to enhance your business. The only kind of business that doesn't really benefit from being on LinkedIn is I, I take the example of a nail salon because a nail salon just caters to the people right in their neighborhood, right? Mm, people don't travel cross country to go to a nail salon. Um, so they don't, they don't need to do that. Facebook is great. Instagram is great um, for, for that kind of business. But if you are a metropolitan sized business or larger, mm-hmm. you will meet your ideal clients. As long as you can recognize who they are, you have to have done that work first. But if you know who your ideal clients are, you will find them on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like I said, you're an expert on LinkedIn now too, but there's so much to know about it. You know, like all the different settings and all the different ways, you know, you can message people and, you know, how you even find people to connect with and what to put in your profile even. So like, sure. how did you actually learn all of this to become an expert? So I, during that research period um, that I so unfortunately had, I read every book, blog, and article I could find on what works on LinkedIn and what doesn't. And there, there are plenty of people who think they know, right? So I just use my profile as a guinea pig. And I try, I would try things. And if it didn't work, I'd set that aside and, and edit it to try something else till I got it to the point where um, I finally, I posted it after that light bulb went off that, that maybe LinkedIn training and writing was the thing that I should be doing. I posted as such on LinkedIn and about six weeks later, Lincoln Motor Company sent me an email saying, we saw you on LinkedIn. We're having a um, business retreat mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Would you come and teach? And I was, I, 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 right after I dropped my teeth, I said, yes, I do believe I have time to do that. And my LinkedIn career was off and running. So it was just a matter of, see what people, what, why people hire me is because they don't have time for that learning curve, mm-hmm. right? It took me like a month or two to sift through what worked and what didn't and and they must have 50 different settings of privacy and how visibility and communication. It takes a while to learn that. And mm-hmm. when you're busy running or, and or growing your business, you don't have time for that learning curve. Right. So most of my clients are people who they want to stay in their lane. They, mm-hmm. they have no desire to learn the ins and outs of LinkedIn when they already know somebody who knows that. Right. Right. I mean, that's the point of any of the businesses that you reach out to, right? You do what you're good at, and then you have someone else help you with the things that you need help with. Even if you could do it yourself, it's not always the smartest thing to do, right? I agree. Like hanging doors, you know, I'm sure I'm physically capable of hanging doors, but I I don't have time for the learning curve. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what that's how most of my clients feel too. And the, um, the other folks on LinkedIn, the job seekers, a profile is completely different from a resume, completely mm-hmm. different from a bio. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I did that research because I had just slapped my bio up there. Right. Well, that doesn't work. Um, you have to know about keywords. You have to know where to put the keywords. You have to know how to make it easy for the reader. Um, 
So job seekers, they have to have a special kind of profile completely different from mm -hmm. an entrepreneurial business profile. Um, and there again, you know, they've got to figure out how to do a resume or they hire somebody to do it. They need to figure out how to do a LinkedIn profile or they need to hire somebody to do it. And, and just realizing that once they get that job, they'll make that money back. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But, but very important to have somebody who knows what they're doing so they can connect with the people right. they want to connect with. Yeah, That's so true. I've actually seen profiles too, where, you know, someone will reach out to connect with me or something. And there's really, there's no picture. There's hardly anything on there. You know, it doesn't tell you anything about the person really. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if you're not going to have any information on there, so I know who you are, I'm not even going to really connect, even if you've reached out. So, I mean, what would you say to somebody who thinks, well, at least I have a profile up there, you know, why would you tell them, well, you really need to make sure that it's better than just your name and, you know, maybe a few words about what you do. Well, first of all, absolutely smart on your part not to connect with a sketchy profile. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be bombarded if indeed that's what that person is after. I mean, why would you be on LinkedIn with no picture? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It's like right. being on a dating site with no picture, right? Um, so yes, all those sketchy, th sketchy things, Facebook included, LinkedIn included, you, you don't have to connect or friend with people with whom you have no friends in common, no connections in common, right? Um, I'm to the point now where I, I teach my clients to personalize their connection requests. Never, ever use the default language that right. LinkedIn gives you because you just look lazy, right? <laughs> right. Plus, um, if I were reaching out to you, for example, and I didn't know you, but I saw something in your profile that made me think, oh, I, I bet we could enhance each other's businesses. Mm -hmm. I would tell you that in the connection request. I wouldn't just leave you hanging like, who's Debbie McCormick? Right. I would say, Candy, I saw your profile. I do this. You do that. I think if we put our heads together, we'd enhance each other's businesses. You know, customize it. Right. So that the person knows why you're connecting with them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the first part of your question, kudos for being, you know, for for thinking about it and knowing that you don't want to be connected with somebody who doesn't even have a picture. Mm -hmm. I always teach too that having a bad profile is worse than having no profile at all. It's like going to a wedding in, you know, a formal wedding in your shorts and flip flops. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't reflect well on you. No picture, no banner, no, you know, no thought as to the headline. I mean, what, who wants to do business with somebody that right. clueless or lazy? It's got to be one of the two, right? Right. So, if you if you have a bad one, spruce it up or delete the account. Both of those things would be better than having one with no picture. So then how do you actually write a profile that would be considered, you know, a good profile? Okay. Um, I do my trainings on the five essentials for a magnetic LinkedIn profile. And what what I mean by magnetic in this usage is you attract the people that you want to do business with. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
first of all, you have to have um, you have to have identified your ideal client because no matter what your business is, all business people are not your niche. Right. Right. Um, even all female business people are not your niche. You right. need to you need to narrow it down so that when you're writing your marketing copy or somebody uh, is writing it for you, you have a specific person to speak to. That's your ideal client. And that makes marketing exponentially easier when you know who you're talking to. So I just, I sat down one day and I determined my ideal client is a a very veteran client of mine, one of my first named Lisa, a, a real person. And so every time I do a video, I'm talking to Lisa. Every time I write uh, marketing copy, I'm talking to Lisa. And you would be amazed at how many Lisas are now in my life mm-hmm. because I've spoken directly to them and, and my profile attracts them. So that's the first thing, your ideal client. Then you need to know what keywords are. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very simple. Keywords are actually just search terms. When you put it in a search box, it's a search term. When it appears in your profile, it's called a keyword, but they're just exactly the same. So just as a fast example for me, because I'm so straightforward, um, if you're looking for a LinkedIn trainer and I don't have the term LinkedIn trainer in my profile, then that search and my profile will never meet. Mm. Okay. But if I do have the term LinkedIn trainer in my profile, then I will come up in the search results. And I may not be the only one who comes up in the search results, but at least I have a chance to talk to that person if they reach out to me. If they don't know about me, they can't reach out, right? Right. So that's why you've got to have your keywords right. Then you have to know where to put them. That's called keyword optimization. And it's just a fancy word for knowing where to put your keywords. And uh, there are four places in a profile where the search engine spiders especially look to see if they can match a search with your profile. Yeah. One of them is your profile headline. Um, another one is in your about section. Another one is in your current experience and that headline. Mm-hmm. And then down at the bottom, your skills and endorsements. Your skills should be synonymous with your keywords. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's five different places that the search engine spiders are looking to pick up clues that you are the answer to this person's search. Mm-hmm. And then um, client-centric writing is a very big deal. How you structure the writing and and your point of view for the writing. Um, You make it very easy for the reader to read. You don't want big blocks of black type. I don't know about you, but but I see that and I think, ooh, too much work. No, no, no. I'll skip on down to where it's easier to read, right? So... I am a huge advocate of bullet points mm-hmm. and leading the reader, giving a lot of white space in the profile and just leading the reader right on down the profile, mm-hmm. saying who your clientele is, what it is that you offer, the services or products that you offer, and then how to contact you. That's your basic there. And then to keep from saying over and over, I do this, I do that, I do something else, I, 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 it's all about me. 
you you do have to talk about you, but you talk about what you do in terms of the results that you bring your clients. Mm -hmm. And that is what hooks them. Because as you well know, they don't care about you until they know you care about them. So, right. So Mm -hmm. if you offer them the solution they're looking for and you're writing about it right there, this is what my clients expect and receive. Mm-hmm. then they know they're either in the right place or they self-select out, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. Right. If they're not right, <laughs> if they're not your ideal client, then why right. waste your talk- time talking to them? So if they self-select out, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If they realize that, no, you're not, you're not quite the person that I was looking for. Right. So um, that's making it easy, easy to read. And then um, putting your contact information in both the about section and the experience section. Because as you know, from writing your own profile, there's one little button up at the top that says contact info, right? (laughs) If a reader doesn't know about that button or happens to skip over it, and you haven't made very clear in your about section and your experience section how to contact you, your phone and your email and your website, right? Uh, maybe your blog, um, then they then they get to the end of the of your profile and they go, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. I, I would love to talk to that person, but right. I don't know how to get hold of them. And that's if you know they're not familiar with LinkedIn and they don't know that that little bitty button up at the top, contact info, is really um, uh, how you're supposed to get the contact information. So make it really easy and just put it at the bottom of every one of your current sections, your about section mm-hmm. and your current experience section. So, so that's, I understand no paragraphs in your section. No paragraphs. Yeah. Too much. It's too yes, much it, to read. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I try never to make my paragraphs longer than three lines. Mm-hmm. And this is not an English class. This is not about, <laughs> right. This is not about Mrs. Smith um, teaching you that there's a lead sentence and then, and then the rest of your right. paragraph must, must uh, elucidate or something. Mm-hmm. This is not that. This is creative writing. And this is making it easier for the writer. So three sentences in a paragraph and use as many bullet points and lists as you can so that the reader, right, you and I know we don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And um, and folks younger than us don't have an attention span anymore. So, and I'm not sure where mine went either. It's not all about young people losing theirs, but um, right. you know, we just don't have time to sit and scroll through a profile. Right. We want to get it, and we want to, and we want to find out is this something somebody I want to contact or not? Right. So that's so, how you do it. How often should that even be updated? You know, I mean, a lot of us create our profile and then, you know, it's just there. We're, we're getting connections or whatever all the time too, but we don't necessarily think about like the words that need to be changed or how often, like I do change um, things. Like I add every time, like, you know, one of my articles is posted, you know, on magazine and things like that too. I put the link or if I'm a guest on a podcast, like I put the link for that. So that gets changed. And I do have a blog that posts every Monday. So there are things on my profile that are changing, but I actually don't know how long it's been since I went to the actual profile and I probably need some update because I probably have those paragraphs. You (laughs) might, you might, you know, I, I, I haven't looked at should we do it 
Yeah. Um, you know, okay. So you're talking about two different things. So let me, mm -hmm. let me make sure that I'm real clear about this. So there's your profile, which has your about section and your current experience. And then a, di a completely different thing are your posts, mm -hmm. which is what you were referring to. And that is essential. Um, LinkedIn is the easiest social media platform to become known as an authority in your field. All you need to do is post consistently about three times a week. If, and if you know, you're just starting out posting, then just once a week is great. But do it on the same day at the same time of day so people can start looking for you. Right. And then you post, you know, your, like you say, your blog. Well, this week's topic on the blog is ABCD. Mm -hmm. um, this week's podcast is about XYZ. Right. right. So you, you post on there and then people get used to seeing you and they want to. And if they're interested in what you're saying, they want to see more. So they follow mm -hmm. it. Right. Right. But your profile by itself, unless you change jobs, you don't have to update your profile. You can go you can check on it every six months to a year. But literally, if you haven't changed jobs, um, then you don't have to update it. The thing that you update regularly is the LinkedIn company page. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is that's essentially made for, we just brought on um, Cindy Smith as our marketing director. We mm -hmm. just launched a new product. We just did an update of some kind for your benefit. Mm -hmm. That happens on the LinkedIn company page. And that's more dynamic, much more dynamic then you're fairly, uh, you're fairly stationary profile, your personal mm -hmm. profile. Okay. okay Am so I being clear on you, what the difference? Yeah. I was saying, let me just have, ask you a quick question about that then too, because I know there are where you can have LinkedIn business pages and I have not actually set one up because I thought, oh, that's one more thing you have to do, but let's pretend like now I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready to put my LinkedIn business page. Yeah. So again, I do share um, th through posts and things too, like, you know, the podcast, like I'll post this when it's available and things like that too. And then I do have other posts during the week that have different content, you know, just on my personal page. So if Excellent. I create the business page, then do mm -hmm. you just have the blogs on the business page or do you have it on both? Like, how do you decide what goes where, you know, I guess that's a whole nother question. Regarding excellent question though. Pages. <laughs> yeah. Excellent question. And I'll tell you why, because your connections to your personal profile and your followers on your LinkedIn page are two different sets of people. Mm. Okay. The LinkedIn company page ha has its own followers and your profile, you, you can have either followers or connections on your profile or both. And that's a completely different set of people. So if you were to post on LinkedIn, your podcast, for example, the podcast is dropping tomorrow, then you'd want to take that same post and go over to your company page and post it there too. That's called okay. cross publishing or mm -hmm. cross posting. And you would want to do it on your uh, Facebook business page, your YouTube, Instagram, any, any place else where you're active, mm -hmm. you would cross publish. So, um, Yes, your LinkedIn company page has its own audience and mm -hmm. therefore you can cross publish and you may, in some cases, you may um, 
two people, two people, let me, let me say this. In some cases, one person might be a member of both groups, mm -hmm. but they won't see your um, podcast post more than once. So it's not like it's oh, obnoxious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So earlier too, when I was talking about like, you know, for instance, I write for magazine, you know, just like you write for Kathy, I write for Kathy too. And so when that comes out on the blog too, I go to the actual profile page and I add that under that little section. So would I do that also on the business page then too? Here's a link for an article that I wrote, or is that more just the company itself and not things that I'm doing? I guess I just want to know like, what is the kind of what's the best practice for what you okay. put on the business page and what you put on your personal page? Cause I'm okay. not there yet, but I should. <laughs> well, you have enough content too. That's, mm -hmm. that's for sure. You write enough. Um, what I always do with Kathy's articles is when she posts um, on LinkedIn, I share her article so mm -hmm. that my uh, connections who are not the same as her connections, right? right so it right. gets distributed to a wider audience. So I like, I share, and then before I post that share, I comment mm -hmm. on it. Um, so you can do that. It, you can also, you can put that article on your company page, just attribute it to Yes, I Can Living Magazine. Right, okay. Right, and that would be, that would be your best practice there. That's like, that's not. That's very obviously not stealing from Kathy's magazine. Right. A, you wrote it, and B, you gave her the attribution. So right, right. that would okay. be totally fine. And it's okay to have it on both, then, because you said you might have different people seeing things. So it's not like they're going to be like, "Why are she? Why is she posting it on both? You know, an affordable bookkeeping and payroll page, and you know, Candy Messer." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They will. They will not see it twice. They'll get it just okay. once in their feed, and they won't be able to tell if it's because they followed your company page or because they're a connection of yours. And okay. it doesn't really matter, you know, mm -hmm. as long as they see it. As long as they see it, they write it. They as long as they see, read, and uh, like it. That's that's all we mm -hmm. want. So then, once you kind of have fixed up your profile a little bit too. So it's easy to read, you know, and you have keywords and all of that. Um, yeah. You know, what else can you do to make it stand out? Cause maybe there's a lot of people who are, you know, doing the same thing. They're making it easy to read and they've got their keywords. So how are people going to still be able to find you amongst all the, you know, millions of people that are on LinkedIn? Okay. So one of the things that you want to do is customize your LinkedIn address, your LinkedIn mm -hmm. URL, right? Mm -hmm. And that <clears throat> you can do, under that little bitty bitty picture of you up there in the upper right hand corner in the navigation bar you just click that and then a drop down menu comes and you see settings and privacy or privacy and settings mm -hmm. and um <coughs> excuse me and it will give you the option in in one of the five categories that privacy and and settings are in it will give you the option somewhere in there to um, go over and customize your LinkedIn URL. Mm -hmm. And that's one great way to do it. Um, probably not a lot of candy messers out there. <laughs> so you probably, but a John Smith would have to right. do a John P. Smith mm -hmm. or a John Smith Hancock insurance or something to differentiate, right? right but right. you and I don't have that problem. Although I was surprised how many Debbie McCormick's were on <laughs> LinkedIn. It's amazing. Um, so yes, you can you can customize that. You can customize your public profile, what's called a public profile, and that's what 
if somebody uh, Googles you and LinkedIn comes up, they're not in their results, your LinkedIn, and they're not um, looking at LinkedIn. They are not inside LinkedIn when they do this. They are just out in the internet universe, right? What comes up for them is your public profile, a link to your public profile. And then if they are a LinkedIn member, um, they can go into LinkedIn and see your full profile. It just It's right. totally up to you whether you want to show the public your full profile with all your interests and all your schooling and, and things like that, lots and lots of details that's available to a LinkedIn member? Or do you want to give them a truncated, all the important stuff, like the current stuff, not the past mm-hmm. stuff, and maybe not your school unless, um, unless you're extraordinarily proud of your school, something like that. So um, uh, doing that, getting that public profile uh, just the way you want it is also a good way to stand out from other people. And then, of course, your banner, which mm-hmm. is right, is that rectangle above your profile photo. Um, if you have a graphic artist, do that with your company colors, your logo. Maybe you've written a book, so the book cover, maybe you speak. So um, a photo of you speaking to an audience, maybe your keywords in there. A graphic artist can make that a really eye-catching piece of real estate mm-hmm. and really differentiate you from anybody else on LinkedIn. And of course, your photo does too. But right. that banner is, what, three times the size of your photo. So you really, you want it to be eye-catching and great. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. a lot of sense on that too, for sure. You know, yeah. something that's colorful or like you said, some words that maybe stand out. That's exactly. Helpful, you know? Yeah, your strongest keywords give those spiders just something else to grab when when a search is going on. And is there like a suggestion on how often things like that should be updated to? Or, you know, if you have a great one that you had created, you could have it for five years and it's doing its job. You can have it for five years and it's doing its job unless, as I said before, you decide to change and mm-hmm. you go from bookkeeping into dry cleaning. Now they're the, the best. Right. Right. I can imagine that. Um, Now the bookkeeping banner is no longer um, okay. Your about section is no longer complete and your current experience is no longer updated. So you have to go in and update that whole thing, change, change your banner, maybe even change your photo. Um, It's, it's nice to change your photo every couple of years because Mm -hmm. uh, we do change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen um, some photos that I'm like, okay, that's like really, really, really old. And I know we all want to stay young, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's almost years. Mm-hmm. It's almost as bad as a dating site, you know, when you post a photo and then you you walk into the restaurant. Oh, she's 20 years older right. than that photo is. Well, that's not so much. That's exactly the same kind of um flustered reaction that a business person could have with you over zoom right right? oh Mm -hmm. that photo wasn't current i can see that now (laughs) um not a good not a good way to start out a new relationship Mm -hmm. a business or personal yeah well the topic of photos i think it would be good to just have a conversation just about you know the professionalism of the photo that should be there too because i know i have seen some that are 
I don't know, just not very good quality, or maybe it's, you know, it looks like maybe there was a whole bunch of people around, they just kind of sliced it a little bit, you know, like, what would you say about having a real professional headshot versus maybe they can't, or they don't have a headshot yet, but you know, what type of image should they really use on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, a headshot is a shoulders up shot of your face facing the camera with a warm and welcoming smile on your face. Mm-hmm. And um, the great thing about going with a pro or even a photography student, if you live near a college and they have a photography department, every student on earth wants to pad their portfolio with work that they've done. And mm-hmm. so they're not yet pro, but they've been trained on posing and lighting. That's right. a very inexpensive way, cost-effective way to get your photo taken by a pro or, or a up-and-coming pro. Right, right. Um, it's essential, in my humble opinion, that people use, um, they don't have to go to a pro, but they, they have to get the lighting right. Mm-hmm. They, they have to be in, in clothing that's appropriate to their work. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, a banker should not show up in his swim trunks at the beach. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just not professional. It's not congruent and a mm-hmm. confused mind never buys. You've heard that cliche be, and it's been around since God was a young man because it's true. Mm-hmm. So you, you want, you want to have a consistent presence on the internet mm-hmm. and, um, on your Facebook page where you're getting together with family for barbecue, that's one thing. But when you're talking on LinkedIn, you want to have a well-lit, well-posed. The great thing about a pro is that, um, you know, if you do happen to have three chins, uh, he can, he can touch it up. So you only have one. And uh, there are, there are things like that, that I so appreciate. Um, So I, I love going with a pro because it can, it can just go very fast. It can be indoors. It can be outdoors. It doesn't have to be stuffy, but he has the right equipment and the right, he knows where to pose you. For instance, if you're outside, you don't look directly into the sun like mommy used to make you do, you know, when she was taking the Polaroids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you have indirect lighting and he knows how to do it. He or she knows how to do it. So I love going with a pro and I think it's money well spent, especially if you have a lot of shots that you can um, use in various social media entities. It's well right. worth the money. Yeah. Right. So along that lines in two, I would like to just kind of talk about, you know, what would be appropriate or inappropriate on LinkedIn too. We know it's like professional, but even going back to that headshot, sometimes people might have a picture of them with their pet or something or, you know, so, you know, in terms of the professionalism, what should they have or not have on LinkedIn versus, like you said, if it's a Facebook page or something? Right. Um, If you're a lifeguard, if you're a lifeguard, I don't know why you're on LinkedIn, but if you're a lifeguard, then you can have a shot at the beach. Nobody else should be shooting at the beach. Mm -hmm. You should not be cropped out of a group photo, as you mentioned earlier. Ugh, tacky. (laughs) Um, You should not have your dog unless you are a nationally known dog trainer, then you can have your dog in the photo. But, but what I'm, what you need to keep in mind, not, not you, but our audience needs to keep in mind is be congruent, be consistent, be authentic to your brand and what you do. So if you're a banker, 
you're going to show up probably in a business suit. Um, so no, no dogs, unless it's, unless it's congruent with your business, no dogs, right. no beaches, no vacation shots, no big hats with sunglasses. You look into the camera, you give, you want the um, reader of your profile to have a feeling of safety and warmth and approachability. Right. That's what you want. So then in your profile too, you know, we always say, or here, you know, people will do business with those they know, like, and trust. And so yeah. when someone finds out like, oh, you were a Girl Scout mom, or you were a soccer mom, or you did, you know, these different things is kind of nice. So is there any place in LinkedIn to really kind of have any of that type of personal thing too? Or is it really mainly business and you, you can maybe talk about organizations you're part of or things like that too? I guess what would be considered appropriate or not appropriate for- Sure, sure. Um, anything that you've done in the volunteer sphere is um, right down under volunteer. There is literally a section for volunteer. Mm -hmm. And that's where you put your soccer mom uh, duties. That's where you put your Girl Scout duties. Um, that's where you talk about your hospital volunteerism, what, whatever it is that, that you do that you love. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a great way to round out um, getting to know that person without being um, inappropriate. Okay. Right? Okay. So, no, you don't include the Girl Scouts in your profile photo but if you were if you were the if your job was the leader of girl scouts usa then your banner could have girl scouts in it right, right but if it's right. not if you're if you're a affordable bookkeeping then you you might have shots of of ledgers or something that's appropriate for you but right. to but to get back to specifically answer your question yes it's, it's very appropriate to, in the right sections, mm -hmm. um, talk about your volunteerism and what you do outside of work, because that just gives a nice rounded picture of who you are. Right. I, uh, just having said that, I just got myself, I would highly recommend you not talk about religion or politics, mm -hmm. just kind of like the Thanksgiving family table, right? right? Yeah, you, wanted, you, it, you don't have to do controversial Mm -hmm. things. You can just stay in the zone of where you know everybody is interested and everybody loves kids and volunteering and, and things right. like that. Yeah. Right. So I know, like you said, there's so much to know in terms of like LinkedIn and settings and all those things, you know, and it's hard to know everything, but are there any specific tips that you want to give regarding, you might want to do this on your profile. I mean, you've already given a few, like, you know, make sure you kind of customize your name, but like with any settings, you know, maybe they need to make something different than the default, you know, so that they've got better privacy or different things like that. Any like tips like that you want to share? Yes, there are two um, big ones. And if I can remember the second one, I'll die a happy woman, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what the first one is. That's always at the top of my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe I'm not even I'm not going to guess uh, which which section of settings that it's in because LinkedIn changes it on a somewhat regular basis. And so I could easily be right about one month ago, but now it's not right. So here's what you look for. Um, it says your your network is notified of changes on your profile. Mm. You want that set to know because every time you go change a comma on your profile, oh, wow. um, if you've got that 
toggled over to yes, LinkedIn's going to say, Candy uh, changed her profile. And then you go back the next day and you and you change the placement of a keyword. Candy changed her profile, goes out to the whole network again. Mm. You don't want to do that. It's too obnoxious. They don't care. Mm. Um, if you if you want people to know the general public and, and your connections to know something, then post it. You know, right. like exactly. I, I appeared in Time magazine this this month. Um, so do that. And then. What is the other one that is eluding, eluding me at the moment? I know it's a one... tip that you shared on the South Bay Business Women's Association, which is where oh, I learned about from you. And it might be this one too, where you said, like, if it says, oh, people who viewed your profile have also viewed these people. Candy, <laughs> you have saved my life. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. LinkedIn, for some reason will give a list of your competitors right on your profile page. And the way to toggle that off, oh, you have saved my bacon candy messer. Um, Just because I was listening. <laughs> there, I, love, I love people who listen. Um, the way to toggle that off is, again, over in settings. And it just says, um, uh, people who saw you also viewed. It's language very similar to that. You'll, if I'm not, if I don't have it exactly right, you'll recognize it. You don't want who people also viewed on your profile because a lot of times they're looking up a certain section of business and they, and that list turns out to be your competitors. Right. No, we don't, we don't give them that publicity. So you toggle off. No, you don't want to show people also viewed mm. on your profile. Okay. Yes. Great. Would you like to be my assistant? Know. Because you, uh, you are, um, you, you are a great listener, a good yeah, student. Well, like yeah. I said, I heard your presentation and I was like, oh, I have to have her as a guest because it is great information. And, you know, we might think we know some of the stuff about LinkedIn. I mean, I know enough to, you know, I can message people and I write a blog and I post, you know, I know a lot of that stuff, but I know there's still so much, especially in the behind the scenes settings and all that stuff that yes. there's a bunch of stuff that I probably haven't even heard of, let alone know how to fix. So, yes. But I thought this would be a great topic. I mean, my listeners are small professional, you know, business owners that really are doing way too many things probably to have enough time to manage all this. But I thought, you know, they may not have had their profile, you know, for very long, or maybe they've had it for a long time and don't know what they should or shouldn't be doing. So I thought this is a right. great topic, you know, to have. Yes. Thank so. you. I'm glad you think so too. Cause I, I definitely do. Um, at the risk of sounding like a used car salesman, the, the book that I wrote, the LinkedIn manual for rookies, literally lists the way your settings should be. Now, okay. I wrote it a while ago, but, and so the location of all the settings that I talk about might not be in the same place, mm -hmm. but you will find them if you, if you go through the book and you just look at the settings at the same time. And I think the, the book's um, a $4 ebook or something. Obviously I'm not going to St. Bart's on the proceeds. So I, I hope you don't think I'm, I'm hawking myself here, but, um, that's a good way to just have a checklist, mm -hmm. the LinkedIn manual for rookies. And it's on Amazon. Um, it was an Amazon bestseller. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, uh, so yeah, there, there'll be a lot of good tips in there that they can, that they can go by. Perfect. 
So I always ask too at the end of the show, and maybe that was you know what you wanted to share, but just in case, I'll still ask the question of, do you have any offer that you want to have for the listeners? And if so, what might that be? Sure. Um, I give a free gift on my website. It's called the five essentials for a magnetic LinkedIn profile. We just went through it pretty quickly, um, but you can get it uh, in a, in a PDF form so that you can have it in front of you and go through your um, uh, profile with it in front of you. And it explains why, you know, what the essential is and then why that's an essential. So if you just go to um, linkedinbosslady.com is, okay. is what it's called, linkedinbosslady.com. And if you just look for the free gift, which I think is on the homepage, then just um, go ahead. We'll send you that right out. And, um, and then there are emails that follow up with that. Um, and it takes each email takes an essential and goes a little bit deeper into the essential. And this is at no cost. So um, yeah, you can get started on your own. And then, you know, if you decide that I really don't want to do this learning curve, I really don't want to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk to Debbie about it. Then there's information on the website, of course, on how to get a hold of me. And yes. Well, I know you just gave the website on how to get that, but I'm sure you want to share other ways to connect with you, like on LinkedIn, right? So if someone does want to find you, where can they reach out to you? Okay. So on LinkedIn, I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Debbie McCormick. And that's spelled D-E-B-B-I-E, two Bs, please. McCormick is M-C-C-O-R-M-I-C-K. And I don't have any number ones or or anything um, else. I I was lucky enough to get Debbie McCormick. (laughs) So that's where I am on LinkedIn. I'm also on um, Instagram as the LinkedIn boss lady. Um, And I'm also on YouTube as the LinkedIn boss lady. And I, I do a training every week. I do uh, like a three minute training. It's just one gem that you need to know about. Like the last one that I just posted was on how to have your posts uh, distributed more widely by the LinkedIn algorithm. Just kind of a behind the scenes pro tip on an easy way to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. This has been great, Debbie. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. I really appreciate your sharing your expertise. Oh, thank you, Candy. And thank you for filling in the hole in my brain. I, I, I will be forever grateful. Oh, no, it's good. I, I just, I remembered that from your uh, presentation and I went and I did it like either that day or the next day or something. I'm like, sure, I'm going to turn that off, you know, so good that's student. why I remember that. So, but um, I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about the five essentials for a magnetic LinkedIn profile. And if you have any additional questions, be sure to reach out to Debbie at any of the links that she shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, why we undervalue ourselves and how to think about pricing. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find the podcast posted on any of your favorite podcast channels, including iHeartRadio and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. 
Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.